Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. I'm going to speak to you about community. I'm sure it's a word. Well, I mean, it's it's a well-used word in the world that we live in. But what does it really mean? So I'm going to start off with a a few verses from Romans chapter 12. And I'm going to read it from there because sometimes the versions, even if you get the same version, is slightly different. So love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. So I'm going to bring this talk to uh, about community uh, in three points. Uh, firstly, I'm going to chat about what do we think community is, and then what is real community, and lastly, real community will be tested. So firstly, what do we think community is? So just note verse 10 there. It says brotherly love. Be be devoted to one another. Honour one another above yourselves. And the actual word for love there in verse 10, be be devoted to one another in love, is brotherly love or family love. And verse 16 is also key. Just look over that right now as well. So I'm part of a running club, okay, which is pretty funny. I don't know why it's funny, actually, but I think it is. Um, Called BVR, okay? It stands for Bellevue Races. The reason I joined this club was because I thought it was local and I'd get to know some local people. In in fact, it's not that local. They tend to meet Heaton Mersey and over at Sports City, but it's good and I love it. Oh, yeah, that picture. Um, I've got no excuses because I put it up. Um, But there's a wide range of abilities. I'm one of the best. Uh, A wide range of abilities at the club. And from 20s up to 60s, I'm I'm obviously in the latter range. But there's people in, in in this club with jobs in the NHS, in the police, in charities. Uh, there's a counselor. So you've got a real mixed bag of people in this club, which is brilliant. But what brings us together in this running club? Well, it's obvious, isn't it? It's a love of running. We love the camaraderie, the competitiveness, even though we're pretty poor as a club. I mean, we are poor uh, and we're pretty small, yet we just love running. And that's what brings us together. We've got our own, I'm wearing our own kit. We've gone to the trouble of having our own kit, even though we're pretty bad as a club. And yet we've got our own kit, which is brilliant, our our own logo. And we've been established since uh, early 80s which is so good. So we're small and we're proud and we serve for the benefit of, of the club. So last week, 
Uh, I wasn't here, which I was really sorry about because I had to serve. Well, I didn't have to serve, but I wanted to serve for the benefit of the club in our own race, which is at Reddish Vale. So I was standing in the cold, pointing people in the direction that they should go in a race. But it was good for the benefits of the club. And occasionally we, we go out and socialise. And you could call us a community of runners, couldn't you? So what would be the dictionary definition of community? Well, let's have a look at that, shall we? I looked it up on Collins Dictionary online, and the, the, the dictionary or the definition that they came up with was a group or a people living in the same place. Okay, so that's a vague definition. So those of you who live in Denton or Openshaw or Hadfield, you could say each one of those is a community. And that would be right, I think. Okay, But the second definition, I think, is much better, which is also having a particular characteristic in common. Let me say that again. Also having a particular characteristic in common. So that's more of the definition of community. So for my running club, the particular characteristic would be the love of running. Okay, we come from all sorts of walks of life and yet we love to run and be competitive. But what about us here as a body of people? What is it that's a particular characteristic that brings us together? Is it that we like coming together on a Sunday morning? Well, I don't think it is. I think it's our love of Christ. Would you agree? And that is the difference between these communities, which I found out. So it's, it's pretty funny, really. So I was given a lift quite a few months ago to uh, one of the 20s guys in his 20s uh, in, uh, in our club. And I, I was giving him a, a lift to a race. Uh, and I thought, I'm going to really get to know this guy, you know. And sometimes I jump in a bit quick. Uh, and I thought, I'm going to get to really know this guy on this journey. So I thought, plan myself this journey where I was going to really get to know him. Uh, and so I jumped in like I would at church with somebody who I knew quite well. And I jumped in with, OK, tell me about your job. And he started off and I said, well, I really want to know what you do on a daily basis. So talk me through what you're doing. And you could see his face was a little troubled. And then and I said, oh, and what about um, your house? Have you got a mortgage on your house? Have you got this? And I was running through all these things and I could see he was getting a little bit, this is a bit odd, isn't it? And he eventually said, it's like the Spanish Inquisition. And I thought, oh, yes, it is. How interesting. How interesting that I'm not used to talking to someone who uh, ticks in a whole different way from me, because I'm used to talking to church. And I thought, how, how odd, how strange that I shouldn't just be normal. Well, maybe you know that I'm not quite not normal, but it got me thinking about, while I was preparing this word, about that situation. And I started to look at four Greek definitions for love. Now, you should say, like, well, that's a strange thing, but you'll see what I'm talking about in a minute. OK, so let's put those four definitions of, of, of love. So in, in English, we have one word for love. In Greek, there's many words for love. But here's four of them. The first one being eros which is sexual love. Then there's agape, which is the unconditional love of God. Then there's storge, which is like a familial love, so a family love, a love between a mother and a child. And then there's philos, which is like a friendship love of, some, of having something in common. 
where you both love something together. So back to my passage from Romans in verse 10, where he says, where Paul encourages in the church to have brotherly love. That's what he actually says in the original, which is this storge love from the Greek, which is a lover love of a mother to a child. So it's absolute dependable. As I see my daughter with her youngest, only child in fact, um, that love is just so unconditional. It's not about the behaviour of my little Lottie or her little Lottie. It's total love for her child. Not dependent on the child's behaviour. And this is storge love. And this is a love that Paul says should be in this church. All churches that believe in his name, in the Lord's name. So for this young guy in the car, as we're travelling along, I came to him with storge love, okay? Didn't I? So I came to him with, um, you know, hey, come on, let's, let's really use this time well. Let's chat about all things. Let's get deep. And he was coming to me with philos love, which is we both have something in common, which is a love of running. Let's talk about running. So we were on different pages, and it was quite interesting to get revelation in my head that I see where I went wrong. I should have been far slower than what I was. But how interesting that Paul says in the church, we should move in storge love. See, and this is obvious, obviously, that when Paul calls for the believers in the church to live in love, it's storge love. So totally different. So how can this be possible? So like me growing up, and I know there's plenty of you who had tough early family lives, growing up in a family that's maybe not uh, that um, peaceful, uh, it can be difficult. And you can think, my goodness. And Paul talks about family love being good. I've never experienced that. So as we look at the Bible, there's plenty of examples of what um, when storge love goes wrong. Okay, Think of Cain and Abel from the get-go in the Bible. It's not a great situation. Cain ends up killing his brother. What about David and Absalom? So Absalom was David's son. He rose up against his, his father and tried to take over his kingship. David fled the, the, the city. Jacob and Esau, two brothers, completely at war with each other. Jacob tried to take the birthright and did do and was scared to death of his brother. The Bible doesn't give a great example of what storge is, does it? And yet sons against fathers, brothers against brothers. I remember myself and my brother when we were young and we really got on badly. I mean, really like cat and dog. Uh, and I remember we both said to each other, gosh, I do hate you. I mean, it's so bad. I mean, it's just so bad. And I remember one time it came to uh, the peak of its, uh, of its uh, disunity, uh, where we decided to go into, a, into the garage to, to, to just put it together with fists. And uh, he ended up punching me over the bonnet of a car. It was like something from um, uh, what was that? Dukes of Hazard. That's the one I was thinking about. Yeah. So I went over the bonnet and I thought, okay, no more of this because it's getting far too physical, uh, and I'm losing also. And so after that, it just became words instead of physicality. But how awful 
that's what my family was like. And maybe you and your brother or sister, it was similar. Or with your mum and dad. Just so tough, isn't it, sometimes? But yet Paul calls and says that storge love in the church is possible. But we live in a broken world, don't we? So... What is real community? We've seen what the world calls community. What is real community as defined by God himself in the Bible? So the only possible way to love like this is to be led by the Holy Spirit. This is the key. Paul talks about this a lot, especially in Colossians. He says we we need to walk in the Spirit. We need to walk by the Holy Spirit. So when you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. He makes his home inside of you and talks you through your daily life, if you listen to him, which is really exciting. This is great to hear from Jane. Uh, You know, I mean, it's quite strange, isn't it, when Jane said, and God said. So she heard God speak. And I've heard God speak, too, which is, and some of you may think, well, that's just crazy, and it is crazy, but he does, because when we become Christians, the Holy Spirit comes to live in us, and he loves to speak. Isn't that great? He loves to speak and guide us through our lives. And so this is some way where it is possible for us to live in the church in storge love. God gives us his Holy Spirit for this very reason, that we love one another. If you ever read at the back of the Bible in the Gospel of John and in in his letters further on, you'll find out that is one subject he talks about time and time again as being the most important, that we love one another. It's incredible. This is where we find true storge love can be shown. So here at this church, we have six aims for the years ahead and beyond, okay, to create more of us walking in this storge love. Okay, so we want to create a culture of looking out for one another. Isn't that great? A culture, not of making big money or uh, doing things for ourselves, but actually doing the opposite, where we create a culture of looking out for one another, caring for one another. How? We have to know each other better, don't we? If you really want to love someone, like I attempted to do in that car, you've got to know someone better, haven't you? You've got to spend time with them. And that's not 20 minutes on a Sunday afternoon or even morning, is it? We have to know each other better. And as we grow, as we are doing as a church, we're going to have six, our aim is to have six community groups. Now, community groups are excellent. I love my community group. I'm sure you're part of one. If you aren't, I would highly recommend you to be part of one because this is where you get to know each other. This is where you can care for one another. This is where we can challenge one another, which is so good. And we want a youth community group as well. Again, you cannot know each other properly on a Sunday. You can give all the niceties. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine. How are you? Fine. You know, but you don't get to the nitty gritty of what's going on in each other's lives. And the beautiful thing about the gospel is and about being a Christian is that God calls us to rub shoulders with each other because that's the way we make progress. Okay? 
So this will need six community group leaders to run those groups, obviously. These are big calls, but these are good calls for this church, okay? And we would love to see each one of us, and we're in a church here where so many of us serve. I mean, we really have a really good take-up, but we'd love to see every regular in this church serving in some way. So there's so many areas. There's the creche, there's youth, there's um, glue club of that age group, there's, there's the kitchen, refreshments, set up. There's so many areas where we need service, and we'd love to see every regular who comes here regularly serving because we are a family who love each other. And we want to deepen our relationships by starting interest, interest hubs. It's a great name, isn't it? Interest hubs. Okay, whether that's a, a place where we can go for a walk together. And what do you do on your walk? Well, talk. It's a great thing. Okay. You could have a stamp collecting hub. Anybody for that? Yeah, no. I, I, yeah, don't look confused. Some people do it. <laughs> But there's lots of things where you can have a common interest and get to know each other, hang out, talk, get to know each other. That's, that's the whole purpose in these things. And also, we would love to have monthly meals. Again, Jesus, you'll find in, as you read the Gospels, you find that Jesus chatted to most of his people over a meal, which is tremendous. So as you eat, you talk, and it's so good. So you don't just eat and leave, you stay and talk. And this is how we get to know each other better and move into, from filios love, into storge love. So this church, this building, this miraculous building, which I won't go on about today, this building is based in a town that has high crime. Maybe you know that, maybe you don't. High loneliness high addiction. It has a high proportion of broken families. How incredible for there to be a church here that has an incredible family. Wouldn't that be amazing? And I think we're on the, on the way, we're in the right direction. But I've seen people come in here and say the words, actually Victoria said it when she became a Christian, or 40 years ago, and um, she walked in and said, to the, to, the, to the leader of the church, gosh, I feel like I'm home. And I've heard that time and time again. People who don't know anything about Christ coming into the building and saying, gosh, I feel like I've come home. Now, why is that? That's because of God's love amongst his people just draws people in. Isn't that good? How incredible for broken people to find deep, true love abounding in God's people as a community. John 13, 35 says these words. These are just lovely words, aren't they? A new command I give to you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Isn't that beautiful? By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And this is our desire. Lives changed by meeting the great God who gave his life to create real family. So in a club, 
say my running club, we gravitate to people like us, don't we? There tends to be cliques, I would call them, okay? And all clubs around this country of all different types, bird-watching clubs and all the rest of them, you'll find if you get involved in those clubs that there are little cliques of people who will naturally gravitate to each other. Because that, in many ways, is filios love, where you get to know someone who has more in common with you, and that's how you build your relationship. But in God's family, as I said to you time and again, this is storge love, which is not based on cliques. It's not based on that. It's based on one connection, which is the love of God that's been poured out into our hearts. Verse 16 says these words again I'll read from the from the passage I gave to you live in harmony with one another do not be proud but be willing to associate with people of low position do not be conceited powerful words aren't they which you rarely see in the culture that we live in in God's family he calls us to get close now, there will always be people in here that you maybe don't feel are like you. And you'll feel, well, maybe I'll just stick with these people. But in the gospel, the boundaries have come down. The walls have come down of class, of earnings, of color, of race. We are all one in Christ. Now, this is why the early church was so successful, because it was so opposite to the culture that it was part of. Some of the Greek speakers in those times, such as um, Lucian of Asamasada, wrote about this, and he was disgusted with the Christian's behavior. People, but he was basically disgusted with the fact that people were coming into the church and were being cared for, and people were sharing their money. And his, he wrote about this <laughs> in about AD 70 and said... Um, how, how pathetic that um, anyone can go and join these Christians and become rich. He was absolutely disgusted. But what happened was the early church completely changed the culture amongst the Romans too. How incredible. All because they were walking in storge love. But I'm sure, let's look at what real, that real community will be tested. I'm mean, last point. Real community will be tested. But I'm sure you know that when you have human beings together, there will always be trouble. I'm old enough now, at 47, to, um, shouldn't cause a giggle, but, uh, that I know that when you put a group of humans together, there will always be fireworks. I've seen it time and time again. There's a potential for trouble. Why? Because there are different personalities. There are different ideas. There is different maturity uh, levels. There's, there's our brokenness. There's lack of grace that we show to one another. Lack of forgiveness, patience. So how do we press on in this storge love that Paul and God is calling us into? Do we just give up eventually and just think, well, you know, there's another church around the corner. I'll give it a try there. Or do we persevere as Christ perseveres with us? And this is our only hope in perseverance as we are tested. Because when this church starts to move in the spirit, which we are doing, there is an enemy. 
okay, who comes amongst us and sows disharmony. And I've seen that many, many times too, and it's devastating because sometimes you can get churches that break up who don't persevere. And yet God calls us to persevere. So how do we persevere? How do we carry on when times, and they will be, sometimes it will be tough. It's not all going to be roses. We need to regularly gaze on what Christ has done for us. This is what I'm starting to learn, that this is the way forward in all of our Christian life. The only answer for us to carry on is to gaze on what he's done for us on the cross. So has Christ been patient with you? Has he? I'm sure you could say yes. So be patient with one another. Okay? When someone says something that maybe is a little harsh or upsets you, be patient. Because remember, Christ has been patient with you. Has Christ forgiven you and me? Well, he's certainly forgiven me a lot. And so I can have forgiveness with others. Has Christ shown his grace? Well, I know for myself, he's shown me and continues to show me incredible grace on a daily basis. So shouldn't I show grace to those who maybe irritate me? He went to the cross and gave himself up so that we could be one as he is one. I want you to just imagine We can't imagine, can we? But one day we will. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One person. Yeah? One. And Jesus is saying we can be one as he is one. How incredible and how opposite that is to what we see on the news and what we see around the world. I wonder if we could press on to this. How do we do it? It's all about this storge, God-given love in our hearts for one another. But this will always be tested. But if our eyes are on him, and if we continue to love him as he loves us, we can build an incredible family. Is anybody up for this in here? Just my wife. Okay, that's good. Is anybody up for this in here? Yes, indeed. It's exciting, isn't it? 